Matthew. Nice meeting you here and uh, join me to this uh, podcast about innovation and the US market. And now uh, a quick startup companies uh, located in Israel can uh, penetrate uh, to the US market regarding technology, especially with the business case and the use case that you're going to share with us uh, here. Um, guys who is uh, going to listen for this podcast, uh, Matthew is uh, the CEO of Rapid Alpha located in the US. Uh, have a lot of uh, experience in the uh, in the business uh, domain uh, together with the technology domain and uh, let's start move on so the first question Matthew, that I want to ask and it's very important for me it's why to use you or any other uh, company located in in the US and uh, Look at it in the US in order to take to take those uh, startups company uh, that located here in Israel uh, and bring them uh, to the US market and finally how are you going to do it a little bit about the process what you are looking for what the US market is what is the difference uh, the differences between the US market to the to the uh, uh, Israeli market from your perspective Sure. Well, thanks for thanks for having me on, Ronan. Uh, in terms of why you know why use me, why use anybody that's located right in the U.S. market? If you have new innovation uh, and you're looking to bring it into you know the U.S. or you know even Europe for that matter, um, why does it make sense to partner up with uh, with an entity like mine, Rapid Alpha? I think one of the biggest things that we see especially with companies that we already work with out of Israel, is they're incredibly savvy on the technology front. Many of them actually have done exits. Most of them find themselves actually doing exits rather early in terms of the, the stage growth. They generally get to a Series A before they have to raise a capital round for Series B, which is a high growth uh, stage. Um, somebody picks them up, right? Uh, Intel, or Samsung, uh, somebody actually acquires them. So they never end up having to go into other markets. They get acquired. And so for that reason, sometimes they don't quite have all of the skill set that's needed to go from proving and validating a market generally in Israel into the vaunted hockey stick growth, the exponential rate right, of growth. And if you've never had to bridge that divide from, oh, we're doing pretty well, or even in a mature company, hey, we're doing pretty well, but we're, we're, we're growing at about the rate of inflation. We're not seeing 10% or 20% types of growth rates. To be able to unlock right, a market, you have to truly understand the pain points. And for a lot of people, when you're getting your PhD in applied physics, as a lot of people in Israel that I work with right, do, one of the things that you're not learning a lot about right, is intellectual property. You're not learning about licensing. You're not learning about negotiations right, for partners. You're not creating channels of distribution. Um, and because they haven't had to do it in the past, they often need help. With a shop like mine, what I hope you're getting is rather than hiring a head of marketing, you know, in the U.S. to attack the marketing, instead of getting right additional support, having to hire somebody in legal, instead of hiring somebody right for business development, instead of curating right all this brand new content, hiring advertising, getting these accounts, which can take you honestly six to nine months, easy, just to set up the corporation, start doing the hiring, and then getting everybody in the building. Well, the like structure, yes. Well, we like to think within a couple of weeks, 
you could actually be out in the market actually testing and validating your idea on a very streamlined, startup-friendly budget. And then as you find success, we'll help you get through that exponential. Great, but there is a difference between an idea to the actual product itself or the actual service. It's what you're saying here, that even, even a startup that have an idea can use your services, rapid alpha services, in order to validate this, uh, this market. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And that's the key, right? Anybody can come up with an idea. And historically speaking, 95% of these ideas fail. Only 5% of them actually thrive. So when you're looking at the best and brightest, and you look at people that want to engage in the company, we're seeing massive amounts of exoduses, right? A very bright people leaving their companies because they're not engaged. They don't feel like they're working on things that are important. If you can systematically go in, identify a true pain point that the market is willing to pay for, and then now you create the idea that alleviates that pain point, you know that when you do development, you have customers that are ready and lined up to be able to buy that solution. These are processes and discipline that we like to enact, right, on behalf of our partners. Great. So let's let's go to the second phase, for instance. Let's assume that we have a startup that um, have an ID and you validate it in, in your market. What happened now? What happened next? Uh, you are coming with the results. Hey, guys, we have this market. We have uh, maybe a potential customers. What what you're looking for, for, for uh, the other side, for the startup uh, to do? What? To, to create a presentation, to come to the U.S., are you going to uh, fulfill his uh, needs regarding CMO and you know sales? What what is the benefit of uh, of uh, this channel? Yeah, absolutely. What we're hoping to do, right? Once we've done some early validation and we understand, here's a list of the pain points. This is how you can describe it. Here's some customers. Here's the prices at which we're successful in closing deals. This we hope to be able to run into ads to be able to drive very predictable types of revenue such that when you're ready to onboard 10, 100 customers, you know, this is my customer acquisition cost. This is where we advertise. This is the advertisement, right, that we put out. And then here's likely the number of customers we're gonna be able to get out of the system. What I want to be able to have happen is that as uh, our clients find success, we wanna be the bridge between getting everything validated, prove out for a future head of marketing in the United States or in Europe. These are the things that you need to be focused on. Here's all the areas and the KPIs we're achieving right now. Your new role, right, as a CMO in this company will actually be to go in and actually approve these stats, will be to support the onboarding and the customer relationship development to be able to build case studies and do the things that's required for you to have a legitimate long-term presence in the market. So there's always this need and founders will appreciate this of, I have to go and actually experience all this pain first. I have to find the things that fail first so I can find the things that work very well. Once I get this far enough, then I can hand off this right to somebody else to be able to run with it. We like to be able to support our partner companies, right, with the same type of thought process. Let us work with you to validate these things first. Let's figure out what a job description actually looks like, what the role is, what the KPIs are. Set up the infrastructure so everybody knows on their first day. What about regularity? What uh, about regularity? Yeah, regularity, laws, you know, there is a difference between 
lows in Israel and the lows in the US market. Uh, uh, even that you are going to provide a solution or infrastructure for the startup? Yeah, so one of the things that we really want to do, and you don't, you don't really have success in market if you don't have a predictable path for customer acquisition. You do not know what your customer acquisition costs are. If you can't go in and say, okay, every brand new customer costs me $12, right, per customer. Mm -hmm. That's how nice. much it costs. Great. If you have $1,200, you better be getting right 100 new customers. So if you can validate your ads, validate your testing, improve your onboarding experience, you should know that every time you spend that dollar amount, exactly what is going to result in terms of customers. If you don't have that, you haven't proven out your product market fit. We want for our customers to have that predictability in terms of what the revenues are. Because otherwise you end up in these terrible positions where we have something that really, really hit, but we have to be perfect on this customer because if we lose them, we lose everything. It changes so much for our company. And if we get them, we hope that they stay on. We hope that they pay us on time. So that way we can onboard the next customer, right? Uh, and then, oh, things are going so good, but man, do we hire right now? We're not sure if these guys are gonna stick around. You have to be able to go in and say like, look, no, we can predictably hire and then just turn on our sales and advertising, right? Give them the capital infusion and then grow, right? At the same time our expenses know, we can grow our, our baseline, right? Of customers and our revenue, which is a direct function of what our overhead and costs are. That's what we want for our customers. Good. And what happened? What is the, what is the next step that uh, after you open the channel in, in with the with the with the startup and bring with them uh, with them together with you of course uh, the first uh, the first customer how are you uh, how are you monitoring that because you, you don't just escort the, the startup to the to the to the market you need to monitor and control it how you control it how you how are you monitoring by the end of the day a ton of tools, right, that we're actually using. So we're partners uh, for HubSpot. They're um, one of the larger customer relationship management services. We're able to work with HubSpot to make sure our clients are able to get the right analytics that lead us to a point where we can get this predictability right in sales. So we do a lot of the project management and workflow in terms of here is a product we go through an entire process in the early phase to identify the pain points that are being resolved by this product. We marry in a lot of analytics to say, who are the industries that are experiencing this pain point? Then we go through the next phase to go from, from an industry to companies to actual individuals within that company who are in a position to purchase right, the service offering of our uh, startup partners. And in doing that, all of this gets managed, you know, very much so in our customer relationship management system. We're doing some additional development right now with our own software to be able to manage the process. What is critical is that we don't want to do anything to cut out the Israeli company from this process and understanding exactly what's going on. We want them to be very engaged in what we're doing in terms of the decision making. So not only will they see the entire sales pipeline that's being generated on their behalf, but we'll marry these things in with additional analytics tools that we use. For, for example, monitoring the behavioral analytics of what's going on in the company. You can imagine a startup, you know, they might feel really good, like, hey, we got 100 web page hits right this month. You know, it was pretty good. 
Um, it's not a thousand, it's not ten thousand, but you know, a hundred thousand. Yeah, it's starting. It's starting point. Yeah, process. that's right. In our process, you can imagine we might actually be directing a thousand new people to the to a branded landing page, which is very focused on getting somebody nurtured to a point where they're actually engaged in a transaction. When we do that and an individual lands on this page, we can actually see their entire mouse flows. We see what they click on. We see what they subscribe on. You can see who goes from the top of the page all the way down to the bottom of the page. You see which graphics are most engaging. We start using this as a feedback loop to work in things like a CRO, which is the click rate optimization. How do you take somebody that's cold traffic and get them right to go from ad to landing page to transaction at a high rate? All of these things, all of these stats, we have picture formats of what the behavioral profile is. In our HubSpot accounts, we can show all the analytics in terms of here's the traffic, here's the individuals. And as people sign up for these things, you can actually see when people are coming back to your webpage. And then we start using additional uh, web analytics to go in and provide like, okay, they saw this before, but it didn't resonate. They didn't take our call to action. What if we change the copy? Let's give them this copy and see how this goes. All of these types of stats and analytics, you have to be able to have in a dashboard. And for the types of companies that are coming out of Israel, there's so much sophistication and such a great ability to be able to deliver once they close the deal that just marrying this functionality to what are already incredibly impressive technologists gives you just a very powerful company that needs to be reckoned with as you're going to uh, develop a new market. And it's good, it's good. But another question that I have, what about the innovation? How do you know from your perspective that this company, this uh, startup company provides a service or product that have a special innovation in the US market? Come on, the US market is not like, a, 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 you cannot compare it to, to the Israel. There's uh, orders of uh, magnitude uh, difference. I think the United States has had the world's largest market by GDP since yeah. 1987. It's been a really good run. And we're going to see what, uh, what happens with the emergence of China, even with the success of China, right? Often built off the back of what the United States has been able to export over there. Um, but what, I, what is interesting about the United States is you contrast it with something like Israel is, is Israel from a geographic perspective, right, is small. In terms of buyer behaviors, culture, and the like, it doesn't quite have the diversity that of what you have in the consumer base within the United States. It's it's a different market. People often say, like our partners and our large multinationals, the United States market in terms of the level of sophistication, the consumer is amongst the highest in the world. You know, there's this uh, song uh, with uh, Frank Sinatra, New York, right? If I make it there, I can make it anywhere. That's very much the, um, uh, what people think a lot of about the United States, right? Like New York, if you're going to be in one spot and make it, that's the spot you do. But the United States in general, yeah, any Frank of Frank Sinatra states, say that, New York, New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in the United States, if you can make it over here, uh, and there's no reason for me when I look at, you know, one of the questions you had was, is why, you know, why do you think that, that you could be able to spot a technological differentiator, right, that Israeli startup might have in a market that is so large and dynamic, right, as the United States? 
and mercifully, because there is such a high level of market, there are so many needs to be able to publish, to be able to compete and generate awareness right of your products. There's a number of resources and processes that we use to analyze from a technical standpoint, from an intellectual property standpoint, from a competitive analysis and a market analysis, who are the players? How do they market their own products? Who are they marketing to? Where are they getting their transactions done? And out of everybody that is in the market, who is still available for grabs? So that way we can go in and say, okay, well, we're not going to go and we're not going to look at SAP, for example, because they're already partnered up with this company. We'll be wasting our resources trying to get in front of them. But if we go over here, Salesforce is untapped. We can get that if we lost them and then we get a large share of the market. Yeah, that's, that's clear. Tell me something, Matthew, from your experience, what is the major problem or the major mistake that these really, well, I'm talking about startups, we are talking about only startups in, in this podcast. From your experience, uh, have failed or, or made, made it wrong uh, in, the first, in the first touchdown uh, in the soil of, of the US market. One of the things that we see the most is that people often hire like a head of marketing first. And one of the challenges that we see when people hire these CMOs is, hey, look, you know, we, we found this person. Uh, they were responsible for, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of sales, you know, for GE, for Microsoft, for Google, for Amazon. And what startups don't realize is, is, is a VP in those companies has an entire team of copywriters, of creative designers, of huge amounts, right, of analytics, uh, all at their fingertips. Whereas a startup or somebody entering the United States for the first time, they don't have any of those resources. There is none of that support for this, uh, for this VP, right, that they're able to pull out of this other company. And because you have somebody that's used to running and managing teams, you don't necessarily have the same skill set to go in and say, if I have nothing and I have to create it from scratch, I have that skill set to create it from scratch and I can do it on a tiny budget. I don't have a hundred million dollar sales and advertising budget. I don't have any staff, right? I may have yes, less than dollars, right? To be able to pull something off here. It's a totally different skill set. And I think sometimes founders, because of the work ethic in Israel, are under this impression, right? That when we hire an Israeli, an Israeli goes in to do the job, an Israeli is going to figure it out. All we have to tell is what it what they need to be able to get done one of the challenges when you hire somebody who is you know 10 20 years of experience at the top of their game but has a huge staff they just don't they're so far removed from the grind that these startups find themselves in they just can't get enough traction and so they'll stick with these individuals for six months they're probably spending about twenty thousand dollars a month right on this individual and then eventually they find themselves wow we have no traction we're six months in, we've made commitments to our investors, we have to do something, but it's gonna take us another 30 days to hire anybody. And then we're gonna to have to wait another 90 days to see if we have any traction. All of a sudden they're a year in and the spend continues to be the same. And that's where these things, where these efforts really uh, really fall apart. Uh, that, that's one of, the most, uh, one of the most common, right, that we see. Okay, okay, and what about, because a lot of startups, looking before the touchdown, let's call it a touchdown in the US market, regarding to find a, a customers and, and to validate the market, etc. 
what about to find a business partner in the US market? You know, there are sometimes that there is a difference between a US partner to a, to a, to a customer, to end user customer. Is this a service that Rapid Alpha is providing as well? Yeah, these are one of the things that we love doing, right? To be able to get that early market validation, especially before okay. you necessarily start building the product. We call this an anchor partner program, where the anchor partner, right, is generally a larger multinational company who goes in and says, look, we've had this on our innovation pipeline. We understand that we need to have this, right, as a solution. This is the way we're thinking about it. And they recognize the ability of these Israeli companies to build exactly what it is that these companies need. In brokering these deals, one of the one of the challenges that most companies have is, is these large multinationals don't want you to use their logo. They don't want to give you an endorsement. They don't want to do anything. It's going to cast aspersions right on their brand. The negotiation right. of these deals, who owns the intellectual property once we do the development? Who's going to be supporting it? Who will fund any patents that get filed out of this? What are we going to do in terms of press releases? Well, we don't want to do a press release. Our marketing comm, right, doesn't want to announce any partnership, right, with a, with a smaller company. We just don't do endorsements. Overcoming these objectives are absolutely possible, but it is not always in the skill set of some of these founders to understand when a no is actually a soft no. And you can actually leverage the relationship of the person within the company that's promoting the deal to be able to get these things that a company needs for social proof. Hey, we did it for this company. We can absolutely do it for you. These guys love what we did. Here's the case study. All of these things that are required for the next step to get the next big transaction done. If it isn't done right in one of these anchor partnership deals, it makes everything else that follows actually that much more difficult because you're actually toiling away in anonymity. No one's going to know that you closed a giant deal with Apple. No one's going to know that you've been working to deploy a solution for nine months. They're just going to think that all of a sudden you popped up, right? And you don't have any credibility. You don't have anybody that you've sold to when in fact, you've been solving, right? Some of the biggest problems for some of the biggest companies that exist out there. Yes, because fully understood. Um, and the last, uh, the last question that I want to ask is, the re, I, I'm sure that you are working based on package, you know, that the startup is, is usually a startup, a founders and CEO and the, those uh, small startup companies that are located in Israel doesn't have a lot of funds. Uh, how, how you, Rapid uh, Alpha, can assist them in order to, you know, start the engine. Let's move on and bring the funds and bring the money because... We need to start. Otherwise, we, you know, in the high tech industry, we both know if you are standing, it's meaning that you are not standing. You're going, going, going behind. Yeah, yeah. You're going behind, and uh, you're going to be stuck. Yeah. So, what is solution that uh, you can uh, you can uh, raise here uh, for yeah. the Israeli start startups? Absolutely. I mean, we always look at our services kind of in terms of three pillars, right? That companies need to be able to land and groom a market. One, you have to understand where your intellectual property is. So we have a lot of services around, okay, what have you developed? Where is your know-how? What is your understanding? What types of problems are you capable of solving? What tools are you utilizing to be able to solve that problem? Being able to capture these things in a cost-effective manner rolls into something that's very important where you start getting into go-to-market services. 
And in the go-to-market services, that's where we're building things to say, you know, very as quickly as we possibly can with the support right of the founders to say, if this is your technological solution, who is impacted by your technological solution? And then how do we start breaking these things right onto market? So everything should flow from usually what ends up happening is the, the differentiation and the impetus to be able to win a market starts with the technology, at least with most of our uh, existing partners out of Israel, the technology is the differentiator. It does something new that you don't see in the market. And then you say, is this differentiation large enough, impactful enough for someone to engage in a transaction? We'd like to over the span of 30 to 45 days on the most modest budget that we can get through all of these sequences so we can get to a point where we can actually start running and testing as to validate the idea, to validate that we can communicate the differentiation to a potential prospect in a way that the prospect says, that is the problem that I've been dying to solve. That's exactly the way that I talk about it. You've immediately hit resonance with me. It's a miracle that I just saw your ad. I was just talking to somebody 30 minutes ago, right? About how this is a problem. And you described yeah. it the same way you did. How, how do I sign? Like, don't give me these pages. How do I talk to somebody? Like, how do I, where is your contact us? That's what we're going for. And we, we have to be able to do that. And there are stats that we can look at to know that we've accomplished that. To know we've done that, right? Okay. So- being able to get through those stages is just um, vitally important. It's critical. And you have to do it on the tightest budget possible because yeah. you're probably going to need to have to have multiple shots on goal, right? Out of all the ideas that you have, not all of them will bear fruit. And many of them, it's, it's, um, it's hard to find the right copy that creates that, oh, that's what I said. Yeah, this just, is what we need. My problem. Oh, okay. Now you've done it. You've described it. And then now I, you can see it in the, in the statistics that we generate when we run these ads, it's mm -hmm. so obvious. Oh, okay, this was $1.50, right, per click. This one was $3, right, per click. This one, and we have 100 clicks on it, and it costs us like 19 cents. Uh, let's stick with this one over here. This is a very low customer acquisition cost. We really like that. Now let's go start looking at some of these other things, right, to expand out the program. We like to encourage everybody to right-size the capital investment much like a, a hand of poker, right? Wait till you have a really good hand. And then when you get a really good hand, then you can go all in, right? Then you go for it uh, because you have all the right, uh, the right indications uh, to do so. Full answer, full answer. So Matthew, I want to uh, uh, say thank you very much for this uh, podcast. I'm sure that we're going to take it for, uh, for the uh, next and the uh, second level later on. Um, very, very informative and uh, effective. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Ronan. It's a pleasure. Always wonderful to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Just a second.